Welcome to Studying the Song, a podcast to help musical theater actors figure out what to sing and how to sing it so that you shine in your audition, one-woman show, or leading role. My friends, talent and passion are only the beginning. I believe there is freedom in preparation. I believe that when you put in the work, practice the skills, and do the research, something amazing happens. You become so prepared in your craft that you become unstoppable. In this podcast, I want to give you the tools and skills to create a powerful audition book that showcases your artistry and actually gets you work. I want you to feel totally at home reading the musical score of a show, and I want to help you define your unique artistic voice. Consider me your own personal vocal coach in your earbuds, cheering you on and bringing you the reality checks you need along the way. I'm Corey Yamaoka, and I'm so excited to be walking this journey with you. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to Studying the Song, the podcast that helps musical theater singers figure out what to sing and how to sing it so you can shine in the audition room. I'm your host, Corey Yamaoka. Today's episode is for all of the actor slash singers out there, meaning you consider yourself an actor first, but you can also sing. And we're going to be talking about three simple ways that you can improve your vocal tone of your singing without sacrificing your acting. Okay. This is going to be hopefully very helpful to you. Now you might be one of those people that's actually kind of 50, 50, like you have great skills in both acting and singing, but maybe, you know, you started your acting training first. And so you identify more strongly with it. And maybe you actually lean into those skills more when you're performing musical theater. Or maybe you are just like actor, actor, you're not the greatest singer, but you have the guts to get out there and sing because you know you can act the crap out of a song. Like your objective is clear, you've got tactics and actions attached to each phrase, you're going after your want, what you want, and the beauty of your tone doesn't really matter because we're just following the story so closely that you're telling. That's awesome. Keep doing that. But there is a way to access more beautiful tone for you. Um, And then there's a third person that I think today's topic is also relevant for, and that's the singer actor who, who feels like when they start trying to add in those acting pieces, like their vocal quality goes out the window. And they're uncomfortable with that because like their technique is so good and they, they want to sound a certain way. And once they start acting for some reason, it's like they don't sound as good as they want to. So if that sounds familiar to you, then keep listening because I think this is going to help you as well. So there's something that happens when we're acting that somehow makes it feel like we're not singing as much. Right. And like I said, for the really great quality actors, they're like, that's awesome because I'm not a great singer anyway. So I'm just going to act it and that will get me through. But if you're a fantastic singer, it can be frustrating. And we want to identify what's happening here. What's happening to our voices when we're quote unquote acting that interrupts the singing quality? And then how can we bring out a singing quality without letting go of our truthful, honest acting choices? So let's talk about three ways that you can access more beautiful tone while you're acting your song. And I've got two metaphors that I, that you can use and imagine as you're singing. And then one actual sort of like technical idea to incorporate, you know, like I'm the vocal coach who never says like sing pianissimo or put a crescendo here. 
I am always the one saying things like, you know, you're suspended in time and the only thing you can imagine or that you can manage to get out of your mouth is like a whisper. And so that's why you're singing pianissimo. There should always be a reason, right, that you're making this musical choice. Or like, let this melody swell up from inside you as you feel your confidence grow. And like, I could have just said, put a crescendo there. But to me, it always makes sense that the acting brings about the vocal quality that you want. I really believe that. And I love teaching using metaphors and acting impulses. Um, So I hope that this will actually be super easy for actors to incorporate into their singing. Of course, we always want to remember that as a singer, you are also an instrumentalist and there are technical things that you need to do to create resonance and clarity of tone and diction and all of that. Those are important. Um, So I've got both, a couple metaphors and then like a little actual technical thing for you to, to work on. So here we go. Answer me this. When you're singing, do you ever feel like the resonance of your voice, like the vibration of your voice is sort of shifting around in your face? Maybe like in one word, it feels really like it's coming out like chest-ish area or from the neck. And then all of a sudden the next note is in the head voice, or maybe you feel really like like there's a pinched sound or a pressed sound for a few notes and then you flip to head and it's different. Maybe the softer you sing, it's easier to keep more consistency in where that vibration is feeling. Um, Maybe head voice, higher stuff feels like it's easier or maybe chest voice, but there's some sort of like, there's like a a migration (laughs) of where your resonance is coming out of. The reason I bring this up is because This is a direct result when we are using a conversational approach to our singing. And when you start, quote unquote, acting, that's one of the first things that happens is that you start to make everything that you say more conversational as if it were a monologue. Some of the technical things you're doing, first, you're putting more emphasis on your consonants than your vowels. When we talk, we don't usually sustain words for very long, right? They're all pretty quick. But when we sing, we sustain certain syllables and the sustained part is the vowel. But when we want to act, we're like, ah, we're going to cut those short and just say sustain the vowel. And we don't change the timing of our rhythms, but we cut off certain words and we emphasize you know, the not as beautiful part of singing, which is the t, k, p, s, g, right? All of those consonants. So first thing is you emphasize your consonants. The second thing that happens in your conversational approach is the shortening of the notes, which I just said. So both of those together start to make your resonance shift from one syllable to the next syllable. And it feels very inconsistent, like your voice is going to crack, like you don't have control, like you're pushing. Okay. The other thing when you start acting is you start using facial expressions, right? You're really like using all your nonverbal communication skills as well. And if you look at like a classical singer, they don't really have all that many facial expressions because they are trying, and and this is less true now as like more real acting technique has made it into the classical world, but it, it has historically been primarily a musical art form with the voice being treated like an instrument. 
and very controlled shape of the mouth, very consistent um, expression on the face, trying not to create tension in the face, trying to allow ease, and your, your face is kind of neutral as you're creating all of these sounds. And they do that because it allows you more control over your resonance and more clarity of tone. But once you start acting, right, and you're like, going through emotions, like maybe you're upset or maybe like something's really weird and your your eyebrows furrow or your mouth is overemphasizing something, right? All of these, it contorts your face. And that contortion of your face is changing, you know, the vocal production of your, mainly of your vowels, okay? And so that changes your tone and your intonation, Intonation is whether you're in tune. That's different than tone. Tone is like the quality. Is it clear? Is it breathy? Is it strident? Is it pinched? Right? You want a clear tone. Um, Intonation is are you right on the pitch or are you sharp or are you flat? And what a lot of actors don't realize is they might be told that they're pitchy or they're out of tune, but it's really all you'd have to do is pay more attention to your vowels. And if you clarify your vowel and really sing what the real vowel is in a word, your intonation will go right into place and you'll be right in too. So those are some of the the obstacles that you're going to be coming up against when you start delivering your song um, as a storyteller and as an actor. You're playing your, your, um, your actions and you're really trying to go after what you want And so all of these things happen to your face and to your voice and to your words. Okay. Now, one disclaimer, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have different vocal colors or color choices. You definitely want those. And having strong actions attached to your lyrics are going to allow different vocal colors to come through. Like that's what we're saying, right? It it naturally does that. And that is awesome. But you want to have control of when it's happening and you want to know how it's singing, and you want to know how it's affecting your singing quality. So you don't want those vocal colors to just be happening willy-nilly, and it's causing you to go out of tune, and you don't feel like you can control what your voice is doing. It's about doing it on purpose and not being at the whim of whatever vocal color pops out that day. Okay, so you get the point. So how can we fix this? I have three ideas for you to play around with, and hopefully you know, at least one of these three ideas will sort of like lodge into your brain and you'll be like, ah, that makes sense. I can play with that and use that in my practice. And it it will help you access more singy, uh, singy quality to your voice. That's not really a technical term, but I use it a lot. As you try out these options, you might be scared to let go of your acting for a bit and focus on the singing, but just go for it. I know that it will open up a whole new world for you of storytelling possibilities You know, when you sing into the music, when you use that melody as it's written, it can actually do so much of the storytelling and the character development on its own. Like you don't have to bring so much to it. I mean, we know that music like evokes emotions even when there's no words, right? You can go on this emotional journey. So being able to tap into the singing part of what you're doing more, um, while it might be, you might be unsure of it at first, it's actually going to really, um, it's going to help you in the long run and give you a more three-dimensional sort of approach to what you're doing. 
So the first concept I want you to think about and play with is this idea of having a through line in your phrasing or when you're singing. Instead of thinking of each word as being separate, I want you to think of there as being like a thread coming out of your mouth, a thread of air or just a thread, whatever color thread you want to think. And that thread is going through each and every word. It connects them to each other. It never stops. And the words are just like little pieces of popcorn, right? If you think if you were somebody that put popcorn on thread for uh, garlands around the Christmas tree, you know this image. It's Each popcorn is like a word or a syllable or a consonant along the thread, but they all stay connected together because you have this through line, okay? With that continuous thread, you're going to think of a continuous flow of air to support the thread as it's coming out of you. So it's coming out at a steady rate instead of you know, lurching forward and then stopping and then moving forward and then stopping again. It's one continuous breath for each phrase. It's always moving. It never stops. Okay. Even like this is super important when you get onto like a long held note, a lot of people will like kind of seize up and they just kind of hope that note will keep going and their like body freezes to hold it for as long as they can. But you actually need to think of your body as continuing to release that thread all the way through that note until you end it, until the no- the um, the noise, that's not a nice way to describe it, until the sound stops, okay? Don't let your breath get caught inside. Don't let it stop or be released in bursts. You want to have a, a, a total continuous thread. Um, I've said thread 8 million times already and I hate the word now, but it's the image that I always use and that I always talk about with singers. And there has to be something that connects the first word of your phrase to the last word of your phrase. So I'll give you an example. I literally just picked this sheet music up because it was right next to me. It's I resolve from she loves me. Okay. So the beginning goes, I resolve not to be so stupid, right? Now, it's the beginning of the song, so you're going to want to make it more conversational. You're going to want to shorten the vowels and emphasize the consonants more. I resolve not to be so stupid. Yeah, you could, ugh, you feel the air coming out, stupid. If I wanted to sing it more, if I wanted to lean into my vocal tone more, I would think of there being a thread that connects all of those words in that phrase. I resolve not to be so stupid. That's all of it in one breath. Or you could do it in two breaths. It would be two different threads. I resolve, breath, not to be so stupid. Okay, it still has consonant. It still has... um, you know, emphasis to the word like a monologue, but it just has a little bit more singing quality to it. Here, I'm going to take away the thread. I resolve not to be so stupid. It's really choppy. And you may choose to do that, but you want it to be on purpose, right? Everything is a choice. Everything can be right part of the time, but you don't want to be stuck only doing one thing. You don't want to only have one choice. So that's the thread idea. It's sort of the first level 
Okay, now here is the next level, idea number two. Think of yourself now as an instrument, okay? Um, let's think about like a wind instrument, like a saxophone or a, um, a trumpet or trombone, anything that you have to blow into, right? In order for them to create sound, they have to keep their air flowing. They cannot let it stop. If the air starts to waver and stop, then the sound cracks or it changes partials. If you play an instrument um, like a, a, a trumpet, you'll be familiar that you can blow at one speed. I mean, there's only three buttons on a trumpet, right? But how do they play a million notes? Well, if you press down one button and you're blowing at one speed, it has one note. And then if you blow at another speed, it actually somehow like clicks up into a higher pitch. I don't know the mechanics of playing a trumpet, so I don't have a better way of um, describing what's happening with the instrument, but I know that because I have had to learn these instruments. So you, you have to keep the airflow consistent, A, to just make a sound without cracking, and then B, to make the specific sound you want. So if you think like an instrument, when you're lower, it's going to take a certain amount of air pressure. And then as you go higher, it takes a a faster amount of air pressure, if that makes sense. You move the air faster. Pressure is not speed. So those are two different things. The pressure is that you allow the air to be built up underneath your vocal cords a little bit, right? You're not letting all the air out because your vocal cords are actually closing to create the higher pitch. So that's where the pressure comes in. And then in order to hit that pitch really nicely, you're going to let that air come through at a pretty fast speed. Okay, it's very difficult to sing high and try to hold your air back. It does not work. When you're lower and your vocal cords are more open, they're not as zipped up, you can let the air flow a little bit um, more slowly and still get the tone that you want. Okay, so thinking like an instrument, here's another way for instruments. Um, think like a stringed instrument, like a violin. Okay. The bow gets drawn across the string consistently, okay? And then, you know, you get all the way to the end of the bow and you go back the other direction. So you're sort of like sawing from left to right in front of you. Sawing is like a really terrible way to describe playing a violin. They probably would be so angry I described it that way, but just so that you get the motion, right? You're picturing a violin. And if you don't keep the, um, the rate of pulling the bow across the string consistent, you will start to get a scratchy sound on the violin itself. It will squeak or it will scratch. And it's, that's like that quintessential, you know, eight-year-old practicing the violin and it sounds so terrible. It's because they haven't gotten the finesse of the constant flow of the bow. Flow of the bow. That's really cute. Okay. So as an instrumentalist, these things are ingrained in what you do. As a singer, for some reason, maybe because like our airflow is inside of us and we don't all really know the mechanics of it, we forget like in order to make a tone, the breath is so important. It must be flowing at a consistent rate in order for your vocal cords to catch and to make the sound that you need. So how do we apply that? Again, in I Resolve, be thinking like a violinist. And you could even do this by taking away your lyrics. So I'll do that same bit, the I Resolve not to be so stupid. And I'll just do it on a um, 
D D D. How about that? D D D D D D D D D. Yeah. Maya. I'm really thinking more like a string player leaning into the string, really pulling that bow across. And it gives a different kind of quality. Now, again, I know this is the very opening line and you don't want to sing the opening line like this, but at some point in the song, you'll want to be more singing in your quality. I resolve not to be so stupid. So it's it gives you another way to think about getting into these notes. Instead of just trying to be a singer, think like a trumpet player or a string player. The other thing that's so cool about thinking like an instrumentalist is like they don't have words. Everything that they do to communicate their story has to be done without words. So it's all about how they express the melody. It's all about how much they're leaning into it and really pulling that bow across. Or is it a little bit lighter? I resolve not to be so stupid. I resolve not to play these games. So not only is it about how you're moving your air through you, like a, like a horn player might do it, but it's also about like all the little dynamic ups and downs, the little crescendos and the diminuendos and all of that we call shaping a melody. So if you can do that, with this instrument analogy, when you're doing your song and you're thinking about your acting and you're also thinking about how can I make this melody get a little bit louder and then a little bit softer? And that's going to match certain words and certain actions. Yeah. That you're given, that you're working on. As you really try to pull something out of somebody, you lean into it more, or maybe as you're being more coy, you lighten up a little bit. Yeah, you're, you're trying to lure them into you. So the acting should take you to the right vocal choice. Don't be afraid to use the melody to show that acting is what I'm trying to say. Use the melody, use the, um, the dynamics of loud and soft also to help tell your story. Okay, so those are the first two metaphors. Think of that thread coming out consistently. That's your air. It's also the, the tone from note, from word to word, never stopping. There's always tone happening. Okay. The second one is thinking like an instrument, keep the air moving consistently, keep the, you know, the bow moving across the string consistently. And then also think about shaping a melody without words first and seeing how you can tell the story. Now here is the technical thing that I think is the biggest breakthrough. And it's, I feel like every actor, when they add this element to what they're doing, instantly they sound like a better singer, okay? So the number three is lengthen the vowels in each word. Like I said, when we're acting, we start to be conversational because we think of delivering like a monologue or like dialogue. When you're doing that to your singing, you often are shortening the words within a phrase. And somehow we can still do it without changing the rhythm. We just sort of close down the words that we're singing. Like, um, somewhere over the rainbow. It's hard for me not to sing legato. <laughs> so I closed on to some, to the M, where, to the R, 
over the rainbow. I kind of like closing into the second vowel sound, if it's that kind of a word, or closing into the consonant of N or M. Now, what you can do is actually lengthen the vowels. Somewhere over the rainbow. Okay, that I think was at the same speed, same tempo. Rhythms didn't change, but I just thought more about the vowel. Sa, a, uh, some, where, eh, o, er, a, a, o. Somewhere over the rainbow. Reduce every word in your phrase to its vowel sound and sing the song like that. You're going to feel ridiculous, but you will be aware of the vowel shapes that you're using. Yeah, you'll be aware, ah, that is the part that makes me sound like I'm singing, not the consonants. It's the vowels that you're extending that make it sound like a singer, okay, and not just like speaking on pitch. There's room for speaking on pitch, but we're saying when you want to sing more, you don't want to do that. And so how do you do it? You extend your vowels, okay? It's very much like, um, it's written into our songs. You know, the first, the first section will say conversational, shorten everything like we've been talking about. And then the refrain will kick in and it's like, ah, that's where we're supposed to sing. Like night and day, you are the one. Once we hit night and day, you've got to be singing. Or um, what's another example? Like anything goes has this whole intro that like, I don't know, if you know the show, you know how it goes. But then eventually it gets to in olden days of glimpse of stocking was looked on as something shocking, etc. Right. So that is where tempo hits. You can't just be changing the rhythm of everything. Right. And you need to be singing more. So lengthening the vowels is totally an expectation of what has to happen at some point in the song. All right. Why is this important and how will this help you stay in tune? Because that's what I mentioned earlier today. Okay. Your vowels, when you sing different vowels, A, let's see, what are they? A, A, E, O, U. Okay. Those are some of the five basic vowels. A, A, E, O, U. Um, your mouth is shaped differently. Your lips are shaped differently. They're open a different amount. Your tongue is doing something different. Uh, it's shaped differently. And then your soft palate, the squishy part of the top of your mouth um, towards the back is actually flexible. So it moves up and down. Um, you can experience that sensation by saying anything that ends with an ING. Sing. That's your soft palate connecting with the back of your tongue. Sing. Yeah. And when you open it, it's actually kind of exploding apart. Okay. So all of these different parts of your um, vocal mechanism shape differently for vowels. And what happens is the air moves through that space in a different way, okay? And when your vowels, when your mouth is changing shape really quickly from word to word, your intonation can go out the window because the air is moving in different ways so quickly because you're changing vowel, 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 vowel for every single syllable right? And we do it without thinking about it when we're singing, when we're speaking. But when we're singing, you can actually try to um, round out your vowels a little bit more, make them more similar to each other. This is a, a very advanced technique. So that the airflow isn't changing so drastically from syllable to syllable. 
And so your resonance, how it vibrates as it's moving through, won't be changing. Okay. Remember I asked that first question, as you sing, do you feel like the, the resonance is like moving into different spaces in your, in your face? That's why, because the air is actually moving differently. The mouth is shaped differently and different vowels resonate differently in your face. So we can try to not only elongate the vowel to give your voice more time to vibrate and find its resonant resonance, but you can actually make the vowels feel a little bit more aligned with each other so that you stay in tune better. How about that? That's like, when do we talk about that in our acting classes? Never. Um, you do if you're seeing a voice teacher. So let me give you an example. Um, like, I guess just somewhere over the rainbow, somewhere over the rainbow. I was really exaggerating over the rainbow, rainbow. It's like really, really like jumpy from rain being really wide with the corners of your mouth spread. And then, oh, the corners of your lips come in very close and they, you're, um, you become taller at making an O shape. So that's very different shape. Now, if I try to align all of these and make them more similar, somewhere over the rainbow, you see how much more singy that sounds? I'm not saying that's the end of it. Like you still have to find moments for different vocal colors and all of that. But if you're someone that gets the colors because you're a really great actor, like that's coming out and the expression is coming out and you just want to add a little bit more singing quality and you want to get more resonance and more better in tune, then think about making your vowels less drastic, right? Don't think wide on A. Hey, drop your jaw. Oh, I just hit the microphone. Drop your jaw on A instead of A, A, so that it's closer to A, A, those are very close. I just have like, what I like to do is put both of my hands on the side of my lips as if I'm like calling out to somebody, hey, right? And you just think of that being as like a tall, narrow corridor and all your vowels have to fit inside that corridor. Yeah, you can't let your mouth get wider than that corridor. Sometimes you'll use it wider for certain techniques or certain styles or vocal colors, but in general, to align, think of them being in this tall, narrow corridor. Okay. That's even like a little bit more in depth than I meant to go today, but hopefully that is for somebody out there listening. That's really making sense. Okay. Um, I think that's it about vowels. That was like two techniques, lengthening them, um, but also aligning them. One more thing about lengthening that I didn't say, and this made a big difference for me when I started thinking about it this way, like lengthen your vowels feels kind of vague, but when I really thought about, like in somewhere, it's only one word, two syllables, there's an uh and then there's an m, right? Some, where. And the sum, in order to lengthen the vowel, I don't want to go to the m until I'm about to start the next syllable of where. So that's what you do when you're elongating. Delay all of your consonants that you're going to end a word with and attach them to the beginning of the next word. So that would turn into somewhere, somewhere, where, right? 
or um, a lovely night instead of a lovely night where I'm closing into the v, lovely night. Think of it as lovely, a lovely, yeah. Um, what's some, those are both like two syllable words. I'm trying to think of like two words in a row. Let's look at I resolve and see if there's something in here. Okay, here, I couldn't find anything in I resolve. So what about, because I was like glancing quickly. So here is um, Really Don't Care by Demi Lovato. You guys know the chorus. Uh, um, but even if the stars and moon collide, I never want you back into my life. Okay, that's what we're going, that was like cheesy singing, but there it is. Um, stars and moon. Okay, so for stars, you could go to the R, you could go to the S. But even if the stars and moon, moon, you could close on to the N. Here is the lengthening idea. I'm going to elongate star and I'm going to put the RS on the word and. Star and. But even if the stars and and, you hear it? And then it'll be moon collide. Moon call. And even if the stars and moon call. Moonka, yeah, moonka. It's tricky and sounds really nerdy when I'm doing it on this podcast, but that's how you do it when you're singing. But even if the stars and moon collide, yeah, that's how it works. So elongate those vowels. All right, those are the three things. Let's just review real quick. When we quote unquote act, our tendencies toward conversational delivery and communicating with facial expressions can get in the way of our singing voice. But there are easy ways of increasing your confidence in the quality of your singing. So number one, you want to remember to have a through line or a thread that connects every word in your voice. That's your your actual voice singing. Yeah. Number two, think of yourself as an instrument that must keep its air flowing or the bow moving across the string. Consistent airflow will create consistent resonance. Number three, also, oh, sorry. Well, it's not the third tip, but it is like number two, part two. Think like an instrument that does not have lyrics and shape your melody with dynamic delivery, okay? And use that melody to tell the story. And then number three, the actual number three tip is lengthen the vowels of each word, especially on your long notes, to create a more legato delivery of your melody. Okay. Just like I did with stars and moon, move those consonants onto the next syllable. This is going to help your intonation being in tune, and it's going to help your resonance. When you create more consistent resonance, you will automatically start to sound like a better singer and you're going to have more control and you can let that melody do some of the heavy lifting of telling the story. And then your, I mean, your whole performance is going to be like at another level, but you're also going to be able to market yourself like as a singer rather than just an actor who sings. You're going to like get to this whole new level of confidence about what you can offer. All right. Thank you for listening today. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at studying the song or at Corey Yamaoka or better yet, swing on by CoreyYamaoka.com check out the resources page, get a few of the free downloads and sign up for my email list. 
um, and you'll get like weekly tips and just sort of the latest news about what's happening at the podcast. Um, I am your host, Corey Yamaoka, and I will see you next time right here on Studying the Song, the podcast that helps musical theater singers figure out what to sing and how to sing it so you can shine in that audition room.